Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I want to take a look at some of the realities of the Taliban uh, at some point this hour. They're, they're, they're getting away with a fair amount of uh, good talk about them for some reason. I don't know why. They had a, held a press conference yesterday. Oh, we're going to give women the, the more, more power and the ability to vote and blah, blah, blah. Not going to be anything like we used to be. Meanwhile, like outside the Kabul city limits, they're still murdering, beating, and raping people all across the country. Absolutely, yeah. It's it's a crock of crap. But just keeping track now. So the Taliban took questions. The president did not. Correct. Okay. Okay. Um, but so on a different subject, uh, there are a number of things that have happened through this pandemic that I would not have foreseen, that I wouldn't have been able to predict. I would have never guessed. I would have never guessed the government could close down practically all the businesses in in America. I didn't know that could happen. Uh, then, you know, there was a lot of talk about the vaccine. When the vaccine came out, I didn't know that like half the country would say, I'm not taking that. I didn't, I didn't know that. Nope. I didn't know that um, some people would uh, feel that wearing masks is uh, uh, so oppressive. Right. Um, I knew the teachers' unions didn't put the kids at the top of their priorities. I didn't realize they put them at the very bottom. Yeah. Even my very cynical, jaded views of the teachers' unions held them in higher regard than they deserved Yes, prior to the pandemic because they are bordering on evil people maybe just plain evil the people that make the decisions anyway different topic so san diego board of supervisors and this this is uh, this is a good i think this is applies to all over the country these arguments you're about to hear these kind of arguments are being had all over the country but this particular this word is unfair hansen i assume you type this i don't even want to use the uh word it's unhinged? A, it says unhinged uh, anti-vaxxer. Uh, he may be hinged. Well, let's listen and decide if we think this guy who showed up to the San Diego Board of Supervisors meeting and spoke last night is hinged or not. <laughs> You're about to open a pit of hell. You do not get a vaccine Wait a second. we got to stop it already. Right. That's, that's, that's a good opening. <laughs> You're not, you're not going to keep flipping through your agenda. When this guy starts talking. That's got to be in the opening of the show somehow. You're about to open a pit of hell. <laughs> oh, <laughs> my show, God. So Best the, thing ever. When the show needs to start every day. So I say, is this guy hinged or unhinged? He opens with, you're about to enter a pit of hell. <laughs> okay, I'm going to try to sit down and enjoy the full clip we have, and then we'll discuss. You're about to open a pit of hell. You do not get a vaccine passport put on us. You know, as the population who's in control, you know that the people or the politicians, once you get a power, you will never relinquish it. Do you think that the four feet of marble that holds you above high in this chamber will help you from the fate of humanity, which you are unleashing? No! no! It won't! Your children and your children's children will be subjugated! They will be asked, how many vaccines have you had? Have you been a good little Nazi? Hail Fauci! Hail Fauci! Hail Fauci! Hail Fauci! There's been a lot of talk about the Nuremberg Code. Well, I brought you a copy. You are all in violation. 
violation of Section 1. Yes, you, Dr. Wilton. You are in violation of the Nuremberg Code, which is international law. And the, de the definition is... Thank you, sir. Your time has expired. Are you shitting me? <laughs> oh, oh, okay. Sorry. Thanks. <laughs> time is up. Uh-oh. See you My vote is... Un, by yes. the way. That would be my vote. Un. Yes. Count me in for un. Unhinged. <laughs> now, oh, if a door a has... little Nazi. <laughs> if a door has, like, three hinges, it's supposed to, and one of them's still attached, is that door unhinged or hinged? I think as long because as it's standing, it's hinged. He was, he was right about some really fundamental parts of his argument. Are you a good little Nazi? Have you been a good little Nazi? <laughs> Are you asking me? We'll be using that clip for the rest of our careers. Heil oh, Fauci, Heil Fauci, Heil Fauci. Heil Fauci! There you go. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. I uh, I think the the blood was rushing to his head a bit, and some of the words started to get a little garbled. But that'll happen when you're bellowing at the top of your lungs. I, I know. You're about to open a pit of hell. There you go. Good morning. Um. <laughs> uh. So we see the texts and the emails and stuff like that, and I got people in my own uh, personal orbit that are really uh, anti-getting this vaccine. Uh, we had a guy on a couple weeks ago, our friend Mike Slater, super anti-getting the vaccine. I know people that are feel that same way about the masks. It's interesting to me because I think my anti-government credentials are pretty good. <laughs> I mean, mm. I, I I react very poorly to anybody in government telling me to do anything. I mean, like ridiculously poorly. Uh, like I, I like I need to keep myself under control. I hate the idea of bureaucrats telling me what to do. But for whatever reason, I don't the the vaccine and those things don't cross over in my mind at all. I just when the vaccine was available, I went and got it. Yeah, Chinese bat fever ravaging the globe, and it really is. If you, um, if you feel differently, that's fine. I know, I know fine. high survivability, survivability rate. I am aware of that and all, but it seems like a reasonable health response to me. And, and yeah, a few years down the line, there could be some side effects that we don't know about, because sometimes it takes years to tease this stuff out. I get that, but, uh, you know, as I've said many times, I, I know a lot of doctors, and uh, not a single one of them had any hesitation. So I thought, man, good enough for me. Yeah. Um. The, you know, the mask thing is the one that's really frustrating me these days because I, I know a couple of doctors who say, yeah, the, unless you, you have an N95 mask and you're wearing it properly, it really doesn't help much at all. But my question is, and, and I wish somebody could figure this out, the standard person wearing the standard cloth mask, does that help 10%, 20%, 70%, 0%? I don't know. It can't be zero, but I could believe that it's fairly low. Yeah, they're touting this YouTube video where a guy is wearing five masks, and then he takes his glasses off, puts them in front of the masks, and goes, and the glasses fog up. Wow. That may be closer to zero than I think, with the Delta yeah. particularly. Yeah. Don't know. Um, let's hear some more of these people. Hail Fauci! Hail Fauci! Hail Fauci! Have you been a good little Nazi? I love his presentation. Excellent presentation. That is, that is a thick vein of audio gold right there. Since he's no! 
since uh, <laughs> since these conversations are being had all across the country. Oh, the the governor of Texas tested positive for COVID. In some people's minds, that's a proof of something. No, oh, shut I, up. I, I've never understood that the whole time. If only we could save 99% of us. The Almost all of us are not going to die from this thing. If I find out today I've got COVID, my reaction is going to be, oh, that's going to be a pain in the ass. It's not going to be, oh, my God. Oh, my God. How am I going to tell my parents? I need to call my wife and let her know. No, no it's you got like a zero percent chance of croaking. No, it's going to be a pain in the ass because I got to tell people and then I got to stay home and it's going to interrupt work and kids and blah. But no, big freaking deal. Um, Governor Abbott of Texas has COVID. A man who's been advocating doing away with man what Those things have nothing to do with each other. You simpletons. Right. Right. Um, but here he'll, he'll be fine because he's fully vaccinated. And his argument is like a lot of people's argument. Um, I'm vaccinated. The vaccinated people are don't need to wear masks. If you're unvaccinated, that's your choice. Go ahead, do it, do it. But you know, we're not looking out for you anymore. Seems reasonable to me. That seems perfectly reasonable. And from a liberty loving perspective, I appreciate it very much. And every unvaccinated person I know, and I know like in three or four that I've had conversation with, they're fine with that. They know what they're doing. They're right. perfectly okay with the, the risk they're taking. They you know, don't feel it, it, like you should have to wear a mask because of them. I don't want to be too hip for the room. I want to explain just very briefly why I appreciate that so much. It, it repeats the presumption of liberty. That there has to be a damned good reason to take away your liberty, as opposed to the current the zeitgeist, the attitude of a lot of Americans and certainly a lot of people in government, that we will tell you what to do at every moment. If you make a really good case, maybe we'll let you have some liberty. Now, that's not the way it's supposed to work. So if I, as a free person, have decided I'm not going to get the vaccine, I've read plenty about the COVID, I'm going to go about my life, I'm going to conduct my business, blah, 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 and and you're really... The only one at risk. And that, uh, yeah, there's a one in 50,000 chance I'll give it to somebody's granny down the road, but that's not a strong enough uh, presumption of, of damage to limit my liberty. I'm fine with that bargain. Well, aren't you a good little Nazi? Have you Have been, been a good little Nazi? So let's. I, I'd like to think no. <laughs> let's hear from some more people slightly more hinged that were there. Uh, this woman uses one of my favorite phrases, I think. So let's hear from her. And I just want to say this, Nathan Fletcher, I saw your press conference yesterday, and I saw your announcement recommending that San Diego employers require that their employers get the vaccine, and if not, be tested once a week. I actually work for a big corporation, and my CEO has a message for you. He's not going to do it. Go pound sand, Nathan Fletcher. Yes, Nathan Fletcher. Hail Fauci. I love the phrase. Hail Fauci. I love the phrase pound sand. And we got one more we want to hear from here. Last month we went through this, so we've got to finalize. Do you know how many deaths happened in the month of July? Nathan, 36. How much propaganda are we going to use for the death of 36 people? How many rights are we going to take? And Nathan, how many lies are you going to continue to propagate? The time is now, people. Either you get removed or you stand up on some truth. Thank you. Somebody uh, get him a dictionary. I think there are a couple of words he needs to look up there. But, uh, well, um, I, I get his overall point, though. I love it when people bring the actual numbers of uh, deaths to the, the discussion because it's usually quite low. Yeah. Yeah.
how many people are doing this or that or businesses aren't fully open or whatever because of this many deaths in our county. Oh, that reminds me. One of our uh, beloved alert listeners uh, emailed us the link to a really interesting story. Where is it? Uh, I'll share it with you in just a couple of moments Mm -hmm. about uh, the utterly practical and reasonable way a certain other country is dealing with COVID. Uh, the, the very, very brief version of this, they've said a certain number of people are going to get it, or unfortunately, a certain number of people are going to die, but we can't uh, shut down. That'd be ridiculous. The uh, trial for what's-his-name, R. Kelly, uh, starting today. Maybe we could touch on that if you remember what that singer was up to. Holy cow. Um, One num- of the world's great perverts, as it turns oh, out. Oh, geez, I'd say. number of things to get to. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I'm guessing the Taliban doesn't approve of uh, beach volleyball in the Olympics for women, but uh, <laughs> um, big ruling on that just came down. Get to that in a little bit. Oh, we're going to talk to Josh Rogan coming up, who we've had on, boy, a couple of times in the last couple of months, usually talking about China and his great book he wrote about China and everything like that, but he uh, got some strong thoughts on uh, what's happening in Afghanistan also. And uh, the facts on the ground. So we'll do that next segment. He's good. Excellent. Yeah, looking forward to it. Love him. Uh, just flitted out of my mind. What's the name of the guy who organized the, the letter at the outset of COVID saying there's no way it's a lab leak? It's a dangerous conspiracy theory. Turns out he was up to his neck in it. Starts with a D. Dazic. Dazic. Peter Dazic. Hanson right. said that in my head. I'm not going to take credit for coming up with that. Oh, that's a, it's a team effort, right? There's no I in team. Um, burr. So, uh, we've, we have one listener in particular who's been articulating the opinion that, that there's not going to be an after COVID. We're going to be living with COVID for the rest of our lives, one form or another. It's going to be like the flu. If you're at risk, you'll probably get a shot. If you're not, you probably won't. Um, it's never going away. Thanks to Peter Dazic. And, and and Anthony Fauci and the Chinese Communist Hail Party, Fauci! Hail Fauci! and the uh, Wuhan Bat Lab and the Bat Lady and all those people, we now have a unique and terrible disease circulating a will for the rest of our days. Anyway, having said that, one of our alert listeners sent along this uh, article from Reuters about Singapore. With just a few dozen COVID-19 deaths, one of the world's highest vaccination rates, Singapore wants to reopen for business and is laying the groundwork to live with the coronavirus, as it does other common diseases such as influenza. Its medical experts say residents may see hundreds of deaths each year from endemic COVID-19, similar to the flu. Um, their population, I believe, about 5 million, by the 5.7 million. Um, Similar to the flu, that pragmatic approach could set an example for other countries looking to exit lockdowns as they ramp up their own inoculation programs. Uh, President of the Asia-Pacific Society Clinical Microbiology and Infection says the only way to have no deaths from a disease anywhere in the world is to eliminate the disease altogether. And that's only been done for smallpox. Hmm. Singapore has reported 44 COVID-19 deaths since the outbreak started. Uh, that compares with about 800 flu-related deaths in a typical year, according to doctors. And uh, one, an infectious disease modeling expert at the uh, University of Singapore says, well, the idea of hundreds of COVID deaths seems shocking compared to the deaths so far and worth taking efforts to prevent. It is on par with influenza, which society hardly cares about. 
Right. So they're saying, look, we're going to get up. We're going to get rolling. A certain number of people are going to die. We have no choice but to deal with this. Deal with it. We had a year, a couple of years back, where 60,000 people died from the flu, and it still didn't really make a ripple in my life. No, it was sad. It was, you know, somewhat concerning. I never thought about it. How many stores shut down? How many schools? I never thought about it for a second. I didn't know until the year was over that it had happened. Yeah. Right. Well, we get we get stuck in these um, uh, these weird. Okay, we're all focused on terrorism. Everything's about dying from terrorism, even though the, the chance of it is like a shark attack. And and then the, the same with the COVID. Just the only thing, the only thing that counts in the world is making sure nobody gets COVID for some reason. Don't know what that is. And in both cases, we're willing to give up all sorts of rights and yeah. fundamentally transform the way we live our lives. So what the, what next? Giraffe attacks? Space aliens? Who knows? The Norwegian female hand beach handball team, who wore the same uniforms as the beach volleyball team, uh, they refused to do it, and they got fined, but they did get the rules changed. So the Olympics are going to change their blatantly sexist rules. I mean, the guys could wear shorts and a jersey of any kind, but the women had to wear bikini bottoms and a bra to play their sport. But they got that I changed. I disagree so. with you, Jack. I just, it's a waste of material, the precious cloth, to have those long shorts on. Don't bikini you care about- bottoms are the environmental choice. <laughs> uh, Josh Rogan is one of the smartest people out there on uh, foreign policy things. We're going to talk to him coming up next about what's going on in Afghanistan and there's some interesting updates on that. 50,000 U.S. residents still stuck there. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. The immediate priority, as you say, is to get the Americans trapped behind Taliban lines out of Afghanistan. Joe Biden total bald-faced lie yesterday when he said they planned for every contingency. They obviously did not because there are 10 to 15,000 Americans behind Taliban checkpoints. My office has been in direct contact with hundreds of these people who have not heard from the State Department, who cannot get to the airport in Kabul because the Taliban have checkpoints all over the roads and control all access to it. And Joe Biden's administration won't even commit to stay in Afghanistan to secure that airport for two more weeks to get all those Americans out. That's U.S. Senator Tom Cotton. I was reading Josh Rogan's Twitter feed in which he retweeted some information. There are 15,000 Americans currently trapped in Afghanistan. Some are reaching the airport for evacuation, but it's unclear how many of the Taliban will allow through since they get to make that decision. Dual citizens are the most at risk. Those that are outside Kabul have really no option. And as Josh Rogan tweeted out, the Biden presidency and U.S. foreign policy now hinge on pulling off one of the greatest airlifts in world history. Josh Rogan is global opinions columnist for The Washington Post, also the author of a terrific book about China chaos under heaven, Trump, Xi, and the battle for the 21st century. Josh joins us now. Josh, welcome. How are you? Uh, I'm okay. A lot better than our friends and uh, allies and citizens over there in Kabul. Yeah, Josh, you're one of the first people uh, I saw on your Twitter feed speaking to the fact that the Taliban control the narrative so much more than a lot of people are talking about. Explain that to us. Well, I mean, you know, the fact of the matter is that all of our American foreign policy now is dependent on the good graces of the Taliban. And all we have left to do in our uh, to save our people is to... Uh, 
bow and scrape and beg the Taliban for safe passage, uh, which they may or may not give on any given street on any given day, and to try to negotiate with them by bribing them with things like legitimacy and international recognition and money, all of which they don't deserve because they're a murderous group of uh, fundamentalist extremist uh, terrorist thugs. And, you know, if you just think about what a horrible position that puts us in, uh, you realize that, uh, you know, uh, this was screwed up majorly, but the, before we do the postmortem, the patient's still on the table, right? So we still have to deal with the crisis that's ongoing right now. And that is why I, I uh, focus on this idea that, well, we can, there are mistakes that are going on today that we don't have to make. There are people who are going to die tomorrow who don't have to die if the United States fixes its policy, which we're not doing. You didn't go to so, medical school, but that don't do the postmortem while the patient's still on the table is a pretty good one. Yeah, that's solid stuff. So uh, we understand the vast majority of the Americans still in country or in the Kabul area. So let's start there. What is the situation for them right now? Informationally, logistically, can they get to the airport? What's happening? You know, my sources, and I think this is confirmed by, by some of what you've seen from TV reporters on the ground, is that, you know, the Taliban are enjoying their being in charge of who gets to live and who gets to die on the road to the Kabul airport. And, you know, if we, if you think that, you know, the promises of Taliban leaders extend down to every roaming gang of thugs in Kabul, uh, then uh, you're a fool. So the, you know, when the Biden administration tells us, oh, well, don't worry, the Taliban said everything's going to be fine. uh, They know that that's not true because they're not actually that stupid. So, you know, it's all case by case. You know, you could be an American and you could get to the airport and find that you don't have a seat on the flight. You could be an American. You could never get to the airport. You could, you know, it, it's it's just mayhem. And meanwhile, the planes are taking off half full, sometimes not even that much because they're not letting the people in the airport who are supposed to get on the planes. So, oh, they're bragging that they flew some planes out of the airport without any people on them. I mean, that's how crazy it is. That's how bad it is. Man, I spent a lot of the weekend tweeting with smart people. I know I should have tweeted at you because it would have been a good person to ask. It's just, you know, what's in the Taliban's best interest? Because that's what they're going to do. And I and I, I was hoping that the Taliban would think. I think their current thinking is, best thing for us is just to get the United States out of there. Let's, let's get, get them out of here, and then we'll just run the country. But if they wanted to, man, they could embarrass us on the world stage. They could pull off a hostage situation that could take weeks or months to unravel. It could be really ugly, couldn't it? Right. So, you know, this is sort of, right, how do you you, uh, get inside the minds of the Taliban, right? So this is like, you know, what the Biden administration is trying to do now. They're trying to keep the Taliban on their good side and and so that they'll let the Americans go. Of course, they're not going to let the Afghans go. Tens of thousands of Afghans who helped us, who risked their lives for us uh, on the promise that we would provide them safety, a promise that we're right now in the process of breaking. So they're never going to let those people through the checkpoints, no matter what. And the only thing that we can ask for and reasonably expect to get is, oh, well, they'll, they'll let the Americans, at least the, the white Americans, get through the lines. And, you know, yes, they could pull that rug out from under us at any moment. So, in other words, they're basically holding all of our citizens hostage. They're holding our military and our government hostage, in a sense, uh, because we have to do what they say, because we've decided to give them the entire city, the entire country. Uh, without a fight, and now uh, we're screwed. 
Josh Rogan of the Washington Post is on the line. Josh, I read your excellent column, which we have linked at armstrongandgetty.com, and you mentioned that the folks in Kabul are desperate for any sort of information, anything, what should I do type information, and they're calling uh, congresspeople and senators and such? Right, so, you know, if we have such a good relationship with the Taliban, why did we have to close the embassy where they were processing all the visas where people could call and figure out what the heck to do? You know, if we have such a good relationship with the Taliban as uh, the Biden administration seems to want to tell us, uh, then how is it that the State Department has to tell Americans, first of all, they told them to shelter in place, don't come to the airport, because the airport wasn't secure. Then they said, okay, you can come to the airport, but we're not going to provide you any assistance, so good luck. If you make it there, let us know. And then if you get to the airport, it's not even clear you can get through the gates because the gates are, like, full of uh, Taliban soldiers, you know, with American, you know, advanced weaponry strapped all to their backs. Uh, so, yeah, I think, uh, you know, it, there's, it's just uh, a, a raging fire, and, and they're, they're trying to put it out with a, with, a, with a garden hose. It's just crazy. You know, that's an excellent point. You can't you can't make the claim that we're working with the Taliban, but we had to smash our computers and burn all of our uh, our paperwork and leave the embassy uh, in a hurry. That, you that know what doesn't... they did? They, 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 they burned all of the passports that were in the embassy when they were burning up the embassy dock. So if you were an Afghan with a special visa and in your passport, your passport got burned by the Americans. I mean, does that sound like a well-planned contingency to you? Does that sound like, oh, yeah, we, we, we definitely thought of this, you know? Does that sound like that? Oh, boy. That, a successful implementation of policy? That's horrifying. In your gut, does this feel like a disaster in the making? You know, in my gut, I'm, I'm so scared that it could get much worse. And by that, I mean, you know, you, Taliban doing exactly what you said, which is deciding that, hey, you know, toying with us has... Uh, yielded them all of the amusement that they care to get and now it's just time to start killing americans and westerners and europeans and afghans and anybody else who looks at them cross-eyed and women and journalists and activists and that would be another layer of hell that would be you know saigon plus benghazi and you know i pray to god that we don't get to that point but i think the decisions that the u.s government makes in the next few days will have an impact on that you know, uh, Josh, I, I wonder. Well, I'm 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 interested in observing the way the Taliban is conducting itself right now. It seems to me, and I'd love to hear your opinion, that they are coming off very much as the moderates to try to grease the skids, solidify power, get the Americans out of town, etc. But I'm sure they will go back to their old ways before long, don't you? Well, what the Taliban need is not 100 percent recognition. They just need some recognition. In other words. Once they've put up enough of a facade that the Chinese and the Russians and the Iranians and probably the Turks can pretend to believe them, because nobody actually believes them, but if you're a dictatorship in Beijing or something like that, you can pretend long enough to recognize them, then they won't need us anymore. In other words, they don't need American recognition. It's enough for them if they get Pakistan and China and Russia and Iran. That's, that's pretty good. Uh, so that's as long as they'll you know, pretend not to be you know, murderous. Uh, extremist, fanatic, terrorist thugs, which they still are, okay? So, again, that provides us a window to try to maybe get some things that we want, but to think that we have leverage over them is ridiculous. And, you know, yes, of course, they'll play nice to the internet with the international community to a point, uh, and that point is once they extract as much as they can get from playing nice, uh, then they'll, I'm sure they'll revert to form. 
So we're talking with Josh Rogan, and we've had you on several times talking about your book, Chaos Under Heaven, Trump, Xi, and the Battle for the 21st Century. Uh, you know, back to your expertise on China. How do you think China looks at what we just did and what we're doing? How might that influence their decisions in foreign policy going forward? You know, it's funny because the Chinese propaganda criticized us when we're in Afghanistan as imperialist invaders and occupiers. They criticize us when we leave Afghanistan uh, for abandoning our allies. So either way, the Chinese Communist Party propaganda is going to uh, uh, find a way to call us the devils and, and them the heroes. Okay, So that, putting that aside, what, what's actually happening on the ground is that our allies, not just our Western allies, but any allies, Taiwan, Israel, you name it, have, have got to have their confidence shaken. They've got to be thinking twice that if push came to shove, if, you know, if, the, if the, their version of the Taliban came for them, would America stand by them? And, you know, I, what are you supposed to say to them? Like, what are you, how could you possibly reassure them in the light of this disaster? And what the Biden administration basically said is, well, every situation is different and they shouldn't worry. Uh, but I'm here to tell you that they're worried and China's trying to exploit that. I mean, they just did a, a, a mock assault on Taiwan yesterday. Right. That's not that's not a, a coincidence of timing. They're telling the Taiwanese that uh, you guys are on your own. Look what happened to Ashraf Ghani. And the wow. Taiwanese are scared and they should be. That's interesting. Josh Rogan, global opinions columnist for The Washington Post and also, again, author of Chaos Under Heaven, Trump G and the Battle for the 21st Century. Josh, we sure appreciate the time. Really good stuff. Thanks for uh, your coverage. And let's talk again soon. Anytime. Yeah, if you like this sort of stuff, he's a good follow on Twitter. You know, it it becomes pretty obvious. Josh basically just said it there. It already is a hostage situation. It's just happening behind the scenes. It's just not overtly. It's not, you know, Al Pacino and Dog Day Afternoon, you know, there on cameras. But it it is a hostage situation. The Taliban know that we know we're getting these people out at their pleasure. And that's why we're offering them all this money and everything. So it's... It's a hostage negotiation that's just going on in secret. Right. Meanwhile, the five figures, low five figures worth of Americans who are hiding out in and around Kabul uh, are getting no information from the State Department. They don't know where to go or what to do exactly other than, yeah, if you can get to the airport, get there. And the nervousness, as, as, as Josh pointed out, has got to come from the Taliban is not, uh, you know, as top-down coordinated as the U.S. military is. You could have... Uh, a, a Taliban leader or group of dudes decide, you know, we're going to kill Americans. Screw it. At, sure. at, at any point. Absolutely. And, you know, I know a lot of what you a lot of what you would say uh, is uh, they start killing Americans. Oh, we're going to unleash holy hell on you. Well, I was thinking about Beirut 1982, something like that, when uh, terrorists killed hundreds of Marines on our bases. We didn't unleash holy hell on anybody. We got the hell out of there. We thought this is a screwed up part of the world and we got out. Yeah, yeah. I, the only reason well, they're not killing Americans is they must not think it benefits them, because they're going to do whatever benefits them. Right, and that could absolutely change over time. Sure. Because there are thousands of Americans in hiding at this point, and no clear way to get them out. If you're outside of Kabul, by the way, there's not even a conception of a plan to rescue you. Uh, in Kabul, at least conceivably, there's a bad idea or two of how we can get you out. Uh, but uh, how this unfolds, God knows. How in the hell, Joe Biden, do you decide you're going to pull out of uh, Afghanistan and then you don't have a plan for 15,000 U.S. citizens? They're not already out of the country before you get this started. 
How the hell right. does that happen? Right. Joe Biden well, is a dummy. Anybody going to resign? The, anybody going to get fired? The short answer is we thought we had months. You that, gotta, that the you know that the storm would be seen gathering on the horizon and moving slowly across the plain, and we could see it coming and think, well. We're probably down to about 60 days to get people out. So let's get out the less critical people, and we'll meet again next month and decide who to get out. Go ahead and book tickets, honey, because they're, they're out halfway across the country, and I think by by October they'll be here. So let's go ahead and book tickets, and we'll gather our belongings, and we'll move out of uh, Kabul. I guess that's what they right. thought. Didn't I guess. work that way. Any comment? Text line 415-295-KFTC. And Joe Getty, the Armstrong and Getty Show. This is crazy. A a Serbian hermit who has lived in a small mountain cave for more than 20 years just heard about the pandemic and emerged to get vaccinated. Which means even people literally living under a rock are trusting science. (laughs) 20 years in a cave, uh, then on his way out of CVS, he saw a magazine. He was like, oh, good, Ben and JLo are still together. What? All right, um, that 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 saved it because that whole phrase, trusting science yeah, or believing in the following science, mm, God, I just want to punch everybody who uses that phrase right in the mouth. <laughs> science says that would hurt. Science. We do have breaking news. So I got a text from a buddy of mine uh, last hour. He said I'm getting uh, the booster shot today, and I thought, wow, okay, that's a little jump in the gun. Apparently, he saw the breaking news before I did. He should have alerted me. Breaking news, U.S. health officials now officially recommend COVID-19 booster shots for all Americans to boost their def- defenses against the Delta variant. So all Americans are being recommended to get a booster shot. So I think it's but it's like eight months after you got your second shot or after you're fully vaccinated, yeah. something like that. Do you have to wait that long or is there a... And how long from when What I... am I, Dr. Fauci over here? Have you been a good little Nancy? Fauci! Hail Fauci! Well, my I, my buddy's point was to beat the rush. There is going to be a rush, so I don't know how long. I mean, I wanted, I got my vaccine months after I wanted to get it, mm-hmm. and it started coming out in December. I got mine in April, so I don't know how long it'll take to get the booster. Uh, there is there are some people asking the question: Since we have ninety million unvaccinated people, should we be using the vaccine on them? Well, before if they don't we get want to the it. booster, but yeah, if they don't want it, what are you going to do? Hold them, hold no. them down, and make them take it. If there's one more beer in the fridge and nobody else wants it, I'm drinking it. So we have breaking celebrity racial slur news um, <laughs> from the sports. coming up. Senator advocates recalling the president uh, with the 25th Amendment. Stay with us. This is from the sports world. So the biggest star in baseball, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, is a Japanese guy who pitches and hits, and he's like the best at both. Oh, yeah. Shohei Otani is fantastic. And uh, apparently this famous pitcher from yesteryear, who's an announcer now, (laughs) did a mocking voice. I don't know. This this includes the original offense and the apology, which is always good. Now what do you do with Shohei Otani? Be very, very careful. Well, folks, uh, Shohei Otani is coming to the plate, and uh, 
it's been brought to my attention and I sincerely apologize if I offended anybody especially anybody in the Asian community for what I said about pitching and being careful to uh, Jose or Shohei Otani <laughs> be very very careful careful dude careful. dude yeah dude not, not uh good <laughs> <laughs> well, you you can't and shouldn't do that. But was anybody hurt? They always have, for anybody who was hurt. Nobody was hurt. There are people who think I can. That's not cool, and I'm going to leverage that for some sort of gain. But the number of people yes. who are actually, oh, I'm wounded emotionally in pain. I just I think is very low. Be very better careful. Yeah, not oh, not good. Probably not a great idea there. There, that's so boy. Uh, oh, that reminds me. There's some really interesting information on the United States. Pablo Vasquez at the plate. Da 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 da. <laughs> no bueno. Now see, you shouldn't do that during a sports broadcast. Oh jeez. And then his apology. I just like to say a few minutes ago, I. <laughs> huh. How long would it take to explain to Shohei Otani? Why he should be offended by he, that? He wouldn't, he and wouldn't, he would probably just keep rubbing his chin and saying, "What? I don't know. That's fine. What? He mm-hmm. wouldn't pay attention long enough to hear the explanation. I to tell you that. No, whatever. I'm young, good-looking, rich, incredibly popular, good at my craft, well liked by my teammates. Uh, I'm fine. Oh, Twenty Fifth Amendment. You say? I thought that was Trump stuff. Now they're talking about it for Biden too. Oh, he's non compass It's got to go. Got to go. Armstrong and Getty.